You're listening to a Sin Media Podcast, where young people run the show. G'day guys, you are listening to the next Checkpoint on Sin. I am your host, Connor Matthews, and uh, today we're going to have a little bit of fun on the show. Got some some uh, brief action news, something that's going to really frustrate me actually. It's really going to uh, grind my gears. We're gonna got, we've got a top 10 today. I want to do a top 10. Just to sort of give people an introduction on the uh, the different types of shows I will be doing uh, on this podcast. Obviously, yes, I got the news, got releases, all that fun stuff. But today I want to do something different just to sort of introduce you guys to the idea of the top 10. And essentially, whenever, whenever I want to break up the monotony of the news. So first thing, we've got some good housekeeping. I want to give a big thank you, big shout out to everyone that uh, liked the Facebook page that I set up last week. Uh, the response has been great. Uh, the response to the first episode has been uh, just fantastic. I've gotten a lot of great feedback, a lot of good constructive criticism on how I can improve the show, how can I improve uh, my performance as a host. So I've been just overwhelmed with the uh, with the love, with the love of the podcast. So thank you all for that. That's just been it's been great to sort of experience that. And uh, we're on Omni, so please go check that out. Uh, and yeah, the new Facebook page, facebook.com, the next checkpoint. I'm going to be posting some memes. I'm going to be posting just some fun stuff here and there. And uh, yeah, so obviously today, top 10 topic, uh, most disappointing games today. Now, we all have those games that we look forward to. You know, they could be sort of small indie releases or the big ones, like the big AAA titles. You're pumped, you're excited, potentially you pre-ordered it, you go get it, and it's it's either not what you're expecting or just flat out bad. But before we get to there, I have some action news. Let's get that action news music going. What? What's that? We don't have that in our budget. Oh. All right then, I'll I'll make it up then. Action news. Welcome to the next checkpoint action news, where I take a look at all the top news that just happened this morning. And today, this one's gonna break my heart. Crash Team Racing Nitro Fuel now has microtransactions. This will be coming on Friday in the next update for the uh, the next Grand Prix, the prehistoric Grand Prix. And frankly, I this this has grinded my gears. I am pissed. I am actually so angry because I thought, you know, Activision is known, especially with the uh, the last Call of Duty game, where they didn't add microtransactions into like the first month, and then suddenly, bam, they're back with a brand new update full of microtransactions. I hate it so much. Now, this is because in the game you have a currency called Wumper Coins, which you earn by playing uh, races online or the adventure mode, and they're a little bit stingy. A little bit stingy if you're doing the adventure mode, because, you know, you get less than 100 per race. And frankly, I'm pissed right now because now they are putting Wumper Coins for sale because, hey... We want you guys to, if you're tired of, you know, if you're tired of trying to grind your way through it, you got the, you got this option here. It is going to cost real money, but it's there. And I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. It has actually really sort of 
turned me off from the game. And it's disappointing because I love CTR Nitro Fueled. It's one of my favorite games. And just seeing that Michael Transactions himself has uh, bombarded himself into this game is frustrating to me. I'm not a fan. I hate it. I hate you, Michael Transactions. You evil, evil man. You keep playing my favorite games of all time. How dare you, good sir. <laughs> so that has been the action news on the next checkpoint. And now back with our regular scheduled programming, I am looking at the top 10 most disappointing games. More specifically, my top 10 most disappointing games. So this is all strictly my opinion. I am not... Yeah, these are all games that I have played, whether it's been a little bit or actually completed them. And we are going to get started on this bad boy with number 10, Far Cry 4. Now... I was a big fan of Far Cry 3. I was a huge fan of it, actually. When I saw the initial trailer back in 2012 with uh, Vast Montenegro and the whole definition of insanity speech. And for me, that was pretty cool. I was excited. I'm like, I've never played a Far Cry game before, but I'm so ready. Now that I've played both Far Cry 2 and Far Cry 3, you can see that Far Cry 3 was the uh, was the was the best kind of sequel. It improved on everything that the game maybe lacked, and it, yeah, it had its own problems, mainly in performance, but for me, that's not a massive, not a massive issue, if you, uh, you know, from my opinion. Not a big issue. But when Far Cry 4 came along and I saw the trailer for it, we obviously... We obviously got to uh, be introduced to the main antagonist of the game, Pagan Min. This is something that uh, Ubisoft has done in every Far Cry game since. I didn't really pay attention to Far Cry Primal, so I really don't know what exactly they did. But Far Cry 4, they introduced Pagan Min, this uh, badass villain. Yeah, he was pretty cool. I actually quite liked him. I thought as a character he was pretty good. Not as good as Vass. I don't think... I think Ubisoft really do regret uh, taking Vass from... Like, just basically killing him off early in Far Cry 3. I definitely think that they they definitely regret that to an extent. And I feel like they tried to make up for it by uh, adding Pagan Min. And, you know, he's a snobbish kind of guy. You know, that's cool. But... What got me, I guess what disappointed me the most was the lack of interesting protagonists. Now with Jason Brody, even though he was sort of the, the trash bag white kid who, you know, who's rich, his parents are rich, he's on this island for fun and getting drunk, you know, all that stupid stuff. And he gets captured and it's up to him to save he, not only his friends, but he stumbles up to having to save this island from the pirates that Vass controls, and then later Hoyt. Uh, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen. This will be full of spoilers. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> but essentially, Far Cry Four. The protagonists. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Amida and Sabal. Now, Amida was, from what I re- from what I recall, she was more of the uh, wanting to progress. And she wanted more business and wanted, was really, you know, I guess, sort of money conscious. She was a smart business woman. Whilst uh, Sabal was very traditionalist to, I, I can't remember the exact, maybe the Kirat? 
I think it might have been the Kirat. Yeah, to the Kirat. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> and essentially, you had to choose between the both of them. And what I didn't like was the fact that none of them really had interesting arcs. You know, one one cares about money, the other cares about tradition. Oh, goody, goody, goody. At least with Dennis, you you got to build a very strong relationship with him, in my opinion. And really, that was where the main disappointment of this game came from, from the uh, from the character point of view. Now, I didn't like RJ. I could not care about RJ. I knew he was there for a purpose, which was good. You know, he wanted to uh, throw his mother's ash, like, you know, release his mother's ashes. And yeah, like, I just, I couldn't, I actually didn't finish this game because I got bored halfway through. So for me, it was disappointing from the character side of things, but also the fact that, yeah, like, I get that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I absolutely get that. But when you, when you don't fix it to the point where it feels like the exact same game, then that's where you've lost me. And that was, I think, the main criticism of this game. Uh, on Metacritic, it got a score of 85. So I guess, yeah, it's a good game. For me, gameplay, yeah, I have a complaint that, yeah, maybe they didn't do as much with it as I'd like, but as a whole, it's a pretty good game. I really can't complain with that on the gameplay side of things. But for me, the story and the a lot of the main characters of this game really threw me off of it and I didn't really be I didn't really get engaged with these characters as much as I would like to and now we are moving on to number nine WWE 2K18 now I'm a big wrestling fan always been a big wrestling fan ever since I was a little kid and every year for lord knows how long <laughs> Lord knows how long I have been getting the WWE games. Now, this isn't necessarily a complaint on the gameplay. In my mind, the gameplay is as good as it's ever going to be. A little bit buggy. You get some limbs sort of going the opposite direction when they shouldn't be. You know, cl clothing items clipping through the ropes, just that kind of thing. It, You know, it's been in a lot of those games. You really can't do much about that. Um, what the main criticism from my end was they didn't bring anything new to the table. One thing they introduced in, I believe, WWE 2K14 was the, um, oh, now, the showcase. Yeah, the showcase mode. And it was sort of a collection of matches from history. In 2K14, they went with uh, WrestleMania matches, which was pretty cool. I like it. You know, take a look at every single WrestleMania up to, I think, WrestleMania 30 and grab some of the highlights from those matches, put them into a game scenario. And, you know, that was cool. I liked that a lot. I really thought it was cool. WWE 2K15, I went, I, I believe it went with the rivals. So, like, you had HBK and Triple H and John Cena and CM Punk, like, all those guys. Uh, 2K16, they did a whole career retrospective on Stone Cold Steve Austin, which I thought was fantastic. I thought it was a really fun mode. And... They from 2K17 to 2K18, there was no showcase mode. It was kind of like the story mode to really get you guys engaged. They fixed that with 2K19, adding the sort of career of Daniel Bryan, which I think has been fantastic. Um, for me, WWE 2K18, 
The big thing, it had a lack of interesting and new features. Yes, you had the My Career, but up until I would say 2K19, your, the My Career was not all that interesting. They brought it uh, for the first time in WD2K15 and it fell flat. It fell flat in 2K16, 2K17, and in this case 2K18, though they tried to make it more interesting by adding like merch details for XP and all that stuff. I'm trying to think what else did this game not have. <laughs> there was a lot really. Like, yeah, the My Career was disappointing. No showcase mode, which was kind of, you know, that was that was a bummer. That was kind of the big bummer for me. But also just the fact that, yeah, besides like some new roster members, which, you know, everyone gets excited for the roster reveal. Oh, who's going to make their first game? Who's going to make their debut on this game? Uh, there really isn't much. You know, I believe this was the first time you got, yeah, Alistair Black, who was a DLC character. Um, the first, I want to say it was Shinsuke Nakamura's first game, but I think it was DLC in 2K17. But you had a ton of wrestlers. It was the largest roster up to that point, which every year they seem to outdo that, which I, I, don't, I don't mind. But the main thing is that the reason why this game was disappointing to a lot of fans was it didn't bring anything new to the table. It was the same old, same old. If you had missed 2K18 and stuck with 2K17 or necessarily, or sorry, 2K16, you're not missing out on much. Maybe just some extra roster members, but that's it. That's really it. You're not missing out. Uh, they ma they fixed all. They fixed a lot of this in 2K19, which is a lot better. I'm so glad that they did that for that particular game, considering that they they actually listened to the criticism. Here's hope for 2K8. Sorry, not 2K18. Here's hope for 2K20. 2K20, I'm hoping, will be really good. The Metacritic score for this game was 66, so not bad but also not great. Now, we are going to move on to number eight, ladies and gentlemen, Mario Tennis Aces. Now, I came into this game pretty excited. You know, I'm a big fan of Mario Kart. I'm a big fan of Mario Party. You know, Mario spin-off titles are generally a lot of fun. Now, I didn't play... I hadn't played any single Mario Tennis game. But when I saw Tennis Aces, I thought, oh, that looks kind of cool. A story mode, um, maybe some cool power-ups, all that fun stuff. But really, there was not much to this but just a tennis game. If you like tennis, you're going to like this game. But there, besides, say, the, uh, the gyro controls and the character special moves, there wasn't really much to talk about on this game really wasn't all that much. The adventure mode just kind of lacked, it just kind of lacked fluidity in my opinion. I did not go through the entire thing because for me, I wasn't interested. I really wasn't interested in gaining any sort of reward from it. I maybe played five hours of the game in total and most of it was in multiplayer because that's where you're going to have the most fun. Like with any Mario spin-off title, you are going to have fun with friends. Mario Party, is a lot more fun with friends. Mario Kart, great amount of single-player content to get yourself hooked onto it, but you're going to get the most fun out of multiplayer. It's a lot of games. You're going to have fun with your friends. This is no exception, but if you're going to play single-player, it's not really worth it. I don't think the game, especially with the Nintendo tax, is worth it at all. Story mode, yeah, felt meh. I played through maybe an hour. 
did not enjoy it, didn't care for it. One thing I am going to give credit for in this game is that ever since release, there has been a continued uh, continued improvements and continued development for this game when it comes to new characters. They've been releasing them every month if you compete in like online multiplayer, which when I tried to do that even, I couldn't get a game, no matter how hard I tried. I could not get a single multiplayer game, which for me, it's disappointing. It's kind of a shame that I couldn't get to enjoy this with other people besides my own partner. And that's really all I got out of it. Just a couple of fun little games with my partner. And that's really all the game had. Uh, the Metacritic score, this game, 75, which I think is a fair score. It, in terms of the gameplay itself, it's it's tennis. Yeah, it's not hard to screw up. Atari, Atari did it with tennis, and every other tennis game is, I think, all right. But for uh, for what pe- a lot of people were expecting, I don't think it was that good. Now, there wasn't any special power-ups in the middle of a match. There wasn't any fun stages. That's that's kind of the big thing. There weren't any fun courts to play on. You had the occasional one when you're on a pirate ship, and the major obstacle isn't necessarily, say, the ship swaying or anything like that. You just got a pole in the middle and you can hit it and it'll go a different direction. All right, then. That's okay. Got some piranha plants, spit out a tennis ball in a different direction. Okay, yeah. That's that's fine, I guess. Yeah. not It's not all that interesting in my opinion. So, yeah. This game I wasn't as hyped for, so that's why it's at number eight on this list. Now we are going to move on to number seven. The Simpsons Wrestling. Now this. Now I, I used to play this game as a kid. I thought it was. F- as a kid, you, you don't know. You don't know any better. I thought it was fun. I thought I was having a blast with it. And I started collecting PS One games uh, last year because you know I wanted to build up a collection. I was really excited about doing it. So I went to a gaming market, and The Simpsons Wrestling, I believe, was the first game I picked up there. I'm not kidding on that. I believe that is the case. (laughs) Now, one thing that stands out to me is this is not a wrestling game. Sure, it looks like a wrestling game, but it really isn't. You start with an isometric view. It's essentially a beat-em-up, and not a good one. You have a lack of moves. You have one combo, one strong attack, and one special attack. And these are all unique to every character. Let's say Homer Simpson bowls bowling balls around the ring. Groundskeeper Willie leaves traps. Lisa Simpson plays her saxophone, and so that somehow damages an opponent. Marge, I think, throw. I think she throws Maggie at an opposition player, and she just like sticks to your leg. So I really, the and even the, the combat in general in this is not good. You have no blocking ability, so you can't. Think of this strategically. This is just rock'em, sock'em robots without any kind of strategy to it whatsoever. So you're really not going to get much fun out of this. The menu. Oh my god. This thing looks like it's made out of Microsoft Paint. The character drawing, like the the selection screen. Oh my god. This all looks like a kid did it. I feel like if I tried to draw, it would look better than this. And I'm terrible at art. I am absolutely god-awful. I think my four-year-old cousin could probably do a better menu in this game than I think Big Ape, the company that developed this game. I think that my my four-year-old cousin could probably do a better job at doing a, a menu screen. <laughs> and it's just, this game isn't fun. 
sure, like, once again, it's fun in multiplayer just because you're getting a few yucks out of it. That's pretty much it. You're not getting anything else out of it. Maybe a couple of laughs, but that's it. <laughs> that's that's it. That's all you're going to get out of this game. This isn't a game. <laughs> now, uh, the final thing I want to talk about this game is the... Uh, I'm not going to say boss fights because I don't think they're bosses. I actually think they're just regular regular um, fights. But two guys, Bumblebee Man and Mr. Smithers. Now, Bumblebee Man... He uh he likes he has a chihuahua who he's this is his special attack. He throws a chihuahua in the ring and it chases you. And you got to go around like you got to run away from this thing cuz this thing takes a a crap ton of health away from you. It is not it is not a fair fight at all because this attack lasts for way too long and by the time that it's worn off, his uh, stamina meter is fully charged. So he can just do it again and again and again and again. And your your only way is to stick and move as much as you can and try to think of, like, bullcrap tactics as much as he is. I think with Groundskeeper Willie, I, um... Oh, what did I do with uh, Groundskeeper Willie? I placed traps all around as much as I could and just tried to hammer him with the rake. I think Willie had a rake as he, part of his combo attack. But besides that, yeah, no, he he's not as bad as... Mr. Smithers. Now, Mr. Smithers, his special attack is he throws Blinky. So who remembers the three-eyed fish from The Simpsons? Yeah, you got Blinky, and as soon as Blinky touched you, even the tiniest little speck, the tiniest little speck, it gets you. You are down. You are down like a sack of potatoes. you got to mash buttons just to get your stamina, like just to get back up on your feet, get your stamina back. Not only that, you got Mr. Burns from the, from the outside of the ring. Keep in mind, he's on the outside. He's doing his own thing. He's throwing bloody nuclear bombs at you. You've got no chance of winning this fight unless you play as the Bumblebee Man, which I did. I had unlocked Bumblebee Man, and he was the closest I could get to beating Mr. Burns. This game is full of crap. This game is full of crap fights that are so unfair. Not to mention, those nuclear bombs he throws, they take a ton of health, so you are screwed diddly-ood. You are screwed if you try to go up against Mr. Burns with anyone else that isn't the Bumblebee Man. You can tell I'm getting angry about this because this game genuinely got me angry. Not as much as Michael Transactions. That that guy, he's he invades everyone's favorite games, but man, he fired me up. He fired me up big time for this. I even slapped my leg just to emphasize that point. <laughs> oh man! So this is a crap game, and the medic and the Metacritic score sped up. This game got a thirty-two. You are not going to get much fun out of this game, especially if you are going up against Mr. Burns without the Bumblebee Man. All right, we're going to move on to number six. This one's just as bad. It is the PlayStation Classic. Not the entire thing. The entire mini console is terrible. Now, the we, we can argue the uh, NES Classic and the SNES Classic, good systems. You know, the lineup of games is fantastic. The, uh, the presentation is great. So, you know, you're getting, you're getting what your money's worth is. You're getting a little novelty, mini little console, and you're getting a great selection of games. Now, the PlayStation Classic... It is one of the cutest little things I've ever seen. It is a mini PlayStation 1, and as a PlayStation 1 guy, I thought it was adorable. I thought it was really cute. You know, the uh, the USB cables, 
for the controllers. They look like the PS1 controllers on like the sort of the end of it. It's cute. It's adorable. It's babyfied. I think I've heard it once called that before. It is very adorable. Love it to death. Love the presentation to death, but everything in this grey plastic piece of bum-bum is terrible. Now, the menu screen is from the US, uh, I guess the US memory card screen when you don't put in a disc. Now, if you lived in European regions or um, had PAL games and a PAL console, you didn't get that. You got a grey blocky screen, which, okay, yeah, it's pretty boring. The other one's actually kind of cool, but... For us, we didn't grow up with that. We grew up with the grey, not the rainbowish kind of thing. It looks all out of sorts. With the, I'm going to go with the Super NES Classic. You had options to kind of like mess around with the layout. You had fun little things like that. Fun little customization options. With the PlayStation Classic, you've got none of that besides you know dimming the screen after a certain amount of time. You're not going to have fun with that. That's the part that really irks me. I want this console to be my own, and it won't allow me to do that. The lineup of games. Now, I'm going to bring up the lineup of games here. I'm going to, I'm going to research that, because the lineup of games, the first five, I believe, that they announced, were actually, you know, they, they were good. They were actually pretty good. Uh, let's see. PS1 Classic Lineup. Let's see, let's see what we got. Yep, here we go, PS1 Classic list. List, here we go. Alright, so I'm going to name the uh, the list of games here. Battle Arena Toshinden, Cool Borders 2, Destruction Derby, Final Fantasy 7, the original Grand Theft Auto, which, yeah, you know, that's kind of a little fun little bit of history there. Intelligent Cube, or Kurashi, if you're in Power Regions. Jumping Flash, Metal Gear Solid, Oddworld Abe's Odyssey, Rayman, Revelations Persona, uh, Ridge Racer Type 4, Super Puzzle Fighter Quest, yep, Super Super Puzzle Fighter Turbo 2, Siphon Filter, Tekken 3, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six, and Wild Arms. Now, certain games out of this lineup are pretty good, you know, um, Final Fantasy 7, obviously that's an all-time classic. Actually, did, did they put Resident Evil in here? No, they no, they didn't. Resident Evil's also on this list. They didn't put it in. Even on even on Google, I couldn't find it. Dr. Google did not help on this one. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII, all-time classic. GTA, it's, uh, it's definitely aged. The original. Intelligence Cube, I actually quite liked. I thought that was a good game. And same with Jumping Flash. Metal Gear Solid, Abe's Odyssey, Rayman, you know, they're classics. And they're, you know, they're, I think that's fair enough that they're on there. I guess overall, I'm saying the lineup, the lineup as a whole was disappointing. That was the issue with, I think, a lot of people. Where was Crash? Where was Spyro? You, they didn't even have, say, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. That would have been fantastic. To put on this game. Oh yeah, Mr. Driller was also here. Yes, who can forget Mr. Driller? He's a PS1 classic. He's a classic character on the PlayStation. But really, there wasn't anything that screened PlayStation 1. And there really wasn't anything that people could look back on fondly. That was the issue with me. The lineup was a big one. And another issue, yeah, lack of fun features. I've already gone over that. So we're going to move on to... Number five. Number five. 
Duke Nukem Forever. Now I'm a I'm, I used to play Duke on the PS One. I thought he was pretty cool. If I well, my dad is a like a six year old, seven year old kid. Granted, I should not have been playing those games as a, as a six or seven year old kid, but I thought the games were cool, especially Duke Nukem 3D. It was a fun game, essentially a Doom clone, but it separated itself from Doom due to its humor and sort of character. Now, Duke Nukem hasn't had the best of run. I think some of these PS1 games are a bit lackluster. You know, not necessarily in the uh, humor and character department, but just in the gameplay itself. A little bit clunky. But people had a soft spot for Duke. Now, this game was announced in 1998, I believe. This game took 13 years to eventually come out. It went through, so like, different developers, different publishers, uh, different engines. And what we got after all that time was crap. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. It was crap. Now, in 2011, completely different time to the late 90s, obviously, even to the compared to the mid-late 90s, times have changed. What was, say, funny back then is it now, and I think that this game was a true... It definitely uh, faced the wrath of what the modern day, what people want from, I guess, people's uh, different sense of humor. Because if you were, say, a Duke Nukem game and you still had that sort of sense of humor, you could see some fun out of this. But in, say, 2011, the game's humor felt very outdated. A lot of the jokes weren't that funny compared to, say, yet 1998. And really... This game didn't have much to offer. It tried to rip off Halo with the health system. You could only carry two weapons, which was a huge departure from the previous game where you had a cavalcade of weapons. Like, really cool weapons that did a massive amount of damage and just looked cool. You didn't get that here, which I think really disappointed quite a lot of hardcore Duke Nukem fans. From I guess this is just from me speaking. I wasn't necessarily a massive hardcore fan, but I was still a fan of Duke Nukem. Let's see, yeah, like, the game was the trailer. The old trailers from, like, 1998, 2001. They looked better than this game. They looked more fun than this game. Really, this game was just a massive disappointment because, really, if you're a fan of Duke Nukem and, you know, granted, you probably grew up a lot in that time you didn't really get much enjoyment out of this game. You got a mediocre first-person shooter. And that's really it. So, yeah. Metacritic score. Let's have a looky-loo. 51. So you can see, yeah, this game wasn't good. The humor was just so outdated. The gameplay just felt outdated. The jokes, just everything just sort of felt outdated. I think that's the great way. I think that's a great way to put it. I did finish this game, and I didn't really. I don't feel. I did not feel accomplished by beating this game. All right, we are going to move on to number four. Four. Team Sonic Racing. Now this dropped this year. In fact, uh, a couple of months ago in May, I believe. Now I picked this up simply as sort of like a placeholder for a CTR. But I think that's why a lot of people picked this up. We wanted just that kart racing fix until CTR came out. Now, this game, in terms of the, I guess, the gameplay, is pretty solid. I don't think that this game is a great sequel, not a sequel, but a, it's not a great, uh, I guess, just 
compared to Sega, like Sonic and Sega All Stars Transformed, this isn't great. It take a, it took a lot of those features away. You didn't have that cast of Sega characters. You didn't have the ability to transform. It was just a Sonic racing game, and a lot. You know, for a say, not a not even a casual Sonic fan like me. I'm not really a big Sonic guy, but I am a big fan of the racing games. I didn't know a lot of these characters besides Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Shadow, Eggman, or Robotnik. I don't know why I called him Eggman. And that's it. I only knew maybe half of the roster. Which, by the way, yeah, this, this roster isn't all that large. About, I think, 15 races. 15. And... Compared to CTR, compared to, I don't like, say, Sonic and Sega All-Stars, you know, a completely drained roster. Now, though the... Actually, here's the thing I actually do like about this game. The team mechanics are really good. Team mechanics are great. Basically, to win this... To win a race, if you're doing it in, like, a team, you have to work together. You can't just win based off positioning in the race. You have to work together, keeping each other in front of the other races. You can uh, pass. You can pass weapons onto your teammates to use them if they're, say, you know, struggling at the back. You know, I like that. It really makes you think. This is not. This is not a kart racer for casual. Um, I guess casual kart racing fans. This is a very competitive, very skill-based game. It relies heavily on drifting. It relies on you working together with your team, which I I dig that. I kind of like that. You know, it had a variety of challenges in the uh, event, in the story mode, which, yes, this game has a story mode. I didn't really pay attention to it personally. I wasn't all that interested, but I guess... The disappointment from my end was the fact that this just this was just a Sonic racing game. And yeah, sure, it plays well, you know, on the Switch, it's fun, but what else can you get out of it? You know, it's not all that much. Now this game on I'm gonna oh, I didn't put the Metacritic score in. Let's let's do some re- let's do some research here. Let's put some research on the next checkpoint. Let's see, Metacritic, there we go, let's have a looky-looky-loo. Let's see, let's see what we got. Team Sonic Racing. Now here's the thing, do I think that this game is com- is like bad? No. I think this game is pretty good. I think it's still pretty good. It's not a mediocre racing game, I think it's far from it, but I do think it's a disappointing racing game for, say, people who are expecting a true evolution of Sonic All-Stars Transformed. This got a 71 on Metacritic, which I'm, I don't know, I'm in two minds about that. I'm not sure if I agree or disagree, but for me, this game did feel disappointing. It definitely didn't feel like a, like, it was still fun, but I didn't have as much fun as the previous games. Alright, let's move on to number three. We're in the top three now. This is going to be... Oh, this is going to be interesting to say the least. (laughs) All right. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 at number three. Now, I'm I'm a fan of the Tony Hawk series. I played Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 like every kid in my generation. We all had it. You know, remember... Remember the soundtrack introduced me to a lot of bands, introduced me to the Rage Against the Machine. That was pretty cool. But, yeah, lights out. 
Gorilla Radio. <laughs> but Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 was the first real mainline pro Tony Hawk game in a very long time. Up, like, in the lead of this, you know, we had Tony Hawk Ride with that crappy skateboard thing, and we had a better skateboarding game with Skate, which I'm still waiting for. I'm no skateboarder myself. I am terrible at skateboarding. But for me, I was looking forward to this. And what we got was a big old pile of dookie. This was bad. The visuals were ugly as hell with this cell shading. You couldn't create your own skater, which was kind of the big disappointment from my end. In previous games, you had the ability to create your own skater, have his own attributes, all that good stuff. Instead, you just had a roster of skaters. Okay, cool. I guess I'll go as Tony or or Riley, but that's it. That's really it. The stages weren't didn't feel inspired. You, you, there was no fun to be had here. You had a few little collectibles that you could get from just like smashing up drones or just just silly stuff like that. You didn't really get much enjoyment out of it, which is really disappointing. Uh, the game was buggy as all. <laughs> On release, the game was buggy as hell. My lord. You'd have Tony sticking to the ground. You'd just, oh. you clip through stuff. Hell, I think I even fell through the world. It was terrible. Overall, it's just a crap game. I don't like this. Everything about it was disappointing, and it smelled of rushed. From what I understand, I believe I believe this is true. Activision, because they didn't really do anything with the game, they were going to lose the license. And they rushed this game out just to keep that license going, which is just a just a bummer for Tony Hawk fans. I do hope we get a good skateboarding game in the future. With Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5, I'm not too confident on that, personally. I really am not. All right, we are... Actually, yep, Metacritic score, 32. I think that's what this game deserves. Moving on to number two, the runner-up on this list. (laughs) Aliens Colonial Marines. I'm a big fan of Alien. I like the movies, especially the first one. I think that's one of my favorite films of all time. But when when I saw the trailer for this game, I was hype. You know, we had actual threats. The aliens were freaky they were scary they were you know they were they were going to be smart uh, this wasn't going to just be a just all action pack shooter you were going to have segments of you were going to be scared out of your pants and that's what i was hoping for in this game instead we got the complete opposite you had ai that was as dumb as bricks there's that famous gif of the alien just sort of stuck, almost doing like the, the frog from Looney Tunes, you know, the, hello, my baby, hello, my honey, hello, my ragtime gal, just that kind of stupid stuff. The game was, the story was boring as, just, the game was boring as hell. It was terrible, and it just, it just felt disappointing to play, because we didn't get that awesome conflict with the xenomorphs. We didn't get that heart-pounding, sweat-inducing gameplay that we thought we were going to get. Instead, what we got was a mediocre shooter. Very mediocre at best. You had very little to go back to. You had, oh, I don't know, some multiplayer. Okay, cool. You had a disappointing game followed up with disappointing multiplayer. And you just, there was no love. I felt like there was no love put into this game. 
it was a game, and that's really all I can say. There was no... You had some uses... I think you had... You used, you used the power loader a little bit, but that's it. Didn't really use the tracker all that much because you weren't scared. You were not scared of this game. You spent... Here's, here's the part that irked me the most. In the trailer, you had the xenomorphs. They were your threat. But really, all you fought was humans. You had a little bit of stuff with aliens, but that's it. That's really just it. Everything else was with the xenomorphs, and that pissed... Oh, sorry, everything else wasn't with the xenomorphs, sorry. It was with humans, and that pissed me off a lot, because I wanted to fight the xenomorphs. I wanted to face the threat. Now, there is a game like that. It's called Alien Isolation. It's a pretty damn fine game. Scary game, in fact. One of the scariest I've ever played. Because, you know what happened? The alien was actually a threat. The alien was actually scary. The alien was actually powerful. Don't play Aliens Colonial Marines because you know what's going to happen? You're going to be disappointed and you're not going to have fun. You're not, to quote, the, to, to quote the ski instructor from South Park, you're going to have a bad time. That is the best way to describe this game. You are going to have a bad time. Now, Metacritic score, 48. I think this should be lower, but hey, what can you do? And finally, the big one. Number one! Crash Tag Team Racing. Now, this is a big one for me. Because I came into this game excited. Because CTR was fantastic. Crash Crash Nitro Kart was fun, but definitely not as good. We hadn't had a we hadn't had a crash racing game in a little while. A little while, not too long. Maybe two years. And we were excited when we saw this. You know? Crash Crash Tag Team Racing, similar to Mario Kart Double Dash. You know, you clashed with random races, you're choosing, you work together, and it's your choice to be a dick and just basically disband from them in the last second and win the race for yourself. Take all the glory. <laughs> and really, when you open up the game, the first segment, wait, platforming? What? I thought this was a racing game, not a platformer. But essentially, what you have is an open world, like an open world kind of game. Not completely open, but a little bit. We uh, travel around the theme park, because because the idea is that you're trying to uh, restore the theme park. Not restore it, but gather the uh, crystals that were taken from the theme park. And, you know, basically, the owner of the, clu- the, owner of the park, I believe, Von Clutch, I think that, that was his name, would give you ownership of the park. Which, okay, cool. Not too fussed about that, but really, what what this game was disappointing in... Actually, here's the thing. The platforming was actually not bad. It, wasn't, it was actually pretty good. I didn't mind it. You know, you had a little bit of fun with some costumes, which they brought back quite a few of them for CTR Nitro Fuel. A lot of fun. That's pretty cool. You had Cortex as a ninja, Engine as a ballerina, you know? Let's see. what. Else? Oh, there were some fun ones, actually. But, yeah, you, you'd help out other players to unlock cars and unlock costumes. Cool, you know? All right, not not what I was expecting, but sure. What really disappointed me about this game was you could basically win every single race, just snap this game in half, because you could do one thing and it would work every single time, no matter how hard you put the difficulty at. Clash with Engine, because he has rockets that are practically one-hit kills. Go through the entire race with him, and as soon as you're reaching the end... You break away from him and take all the glory. That's all you got to do for the entire game. 
That's all you got to do. And really, it takes away the challenge. You, this is a game that you could 100% quite easily. This isn't a great game. I don't think this is an enjoyable game. Now, there, there were some side activities with this game. A lot of them were, you know, you got your shooting galleries, you got your, you know, collectathon kind of stuff. Okay, yeah, that's fine. And then you had some weird collectibles. Collectible cutscenes, I guess. And some of them, you had your silly ones that were like, oh, yeah, oh, look at that. Crash is in a photo booth showing off his underwear. How funny is that? Look at Crash Bandicoot. He's a funny little guy. But then you had the, what they called dioramas, where you essentially had Crash Bandicoot getting shot, getting crushed, getting just obliterated by everything. What was going on with this game? Because I sure don't know. Why did the developers think that Crash needed to die over and over and over and over and over again? Because I sure don't know. <laughs> this game was weird, and it wasn't the good kind of weird, in my opinion. And really, this game was a disappointment for me because it just didn't feel like Crash. This game didn't feel like a Crash Bandicoot game, and it didn't... F it felt like the soul was being ripped away from the Crash Bandicoot series, and really... You can argue that the start of that was from Crash Bash, when development went away from Naughty Dog. Now, the games preceding this were Crash of the Titans and Crash Mind Over Mutant, which are both, yet yeah, disappointing games on their own, which in my mind, they're not good. I don't like the fact that, you know, they changed Crash from what he was. They changed the character designs and not for the better. Crash Twin, Crash, there were some good games, Crash Twin Sanity, Crash Nitro Kart, the uh, Game Boy Advance, Crash Games, well, what disappointed me the most about this game in particular, and why it is my most uh, disappointing game, it ripped away the soul of Crash Bandicoot, I think that's, I think that's probably the best way to put it, I think that's a great way to describe it, the Metacritic score for this game was 66, I... I can't argue with that. The platforming's alright. It's not... The platforming's fine. Like, it's not a mind-blowing game. It's definitely mediocre at best. So, I'm sorry to leave you guys on such a sad note, but be sure to uh, catch this episode as soon as it comes up, and uh, I'll see you guys next time on the next Checkpoint. You've been listening to a Sin Media podcast where young people run the show. Okay, see you later. Bye bye.